Hey folks, let's spend some time with friends up north. Pat Kreitlow of Up North News is on Lake Wissota. Sarah Yacoub of the Monaco Brewing Company Super Pack is on the Mississippi River. And up on Lake Monaco is Kirk Bangstead of the Monaco Brewing Company. Wherever you are, welcome. You're up north. Won't you let me die happy? Hello and welcome to the Up North Podcast. Uh, we want to thank everyone up north who listens to us uh, as a podcast on the weekends. And we welcome the folks in Madison and wonderfully we got milwaukee uh through uh through through walk radio and the shaw now that we're broadcasting to listening to us as well so we're we're really excited that we've got southern wisconsin kind of as our live radio audience and then we're zooming the podcast up uh up north and we hope that the southern folks uh appreciate a little uh northern viewpoints albeit progressive uh we're, we're not quite the same so thanks thanks everybody for listening today yeah and coming up on the program Think about how you'd react if somebody forged a check in your name and tried to cash it in or a voting ballot. Well, several somebodies forged important election ballots as part of a plot to overturn the way Wisconsin voted in 2020. Don't you think that should be prosecuted? Kirk thinks so. And so we're going to get the latest update on that and other parts of the ongoing fight to protect our democracy and protect the votes of every citizen up north and all around the state. And we have another member of the Wisconsin Elections Commission joining us, former chair Mark Thompson, who also now has a weekly radio program on these same radio stations. We'll get his latest update on assaults against free elections. But first, we got to give uh, Miss Yakub a round of applause here hey. uh, for all the work she's doing for the Manaqua Brewing Company Super PAC. Uh, maybe you've seen our Facebook post for the preview of the commercial we'd like to air during an upcoming Green Bay Packers playoff game. I did, and it's I found it very intriguing. You did something that I've wished would happen more often after election cycles. Usually when people run for office, and if they fall short, they just kind of disappear. And that's a real shame. It's a loss because here's someone in your community that wants to step up and serve, and they have ideas, and they have talents that are still worth working for like you two people on my screen right now. Well, and that's what we did in this commercial. And Kirk, you are entirely too generous. The amount of work that you put into this is uh, very commendable and thank you. Uh, this commercial features several good men and women around the state who like Kirk and myself ran for office in 2020, but couldn't get past these rigged gerrymandered maps. And it means we're not able to work on your behalf to fix the economy or take the pandemic seriously or stop the plundering of our schools and natural resources. But we can continue educating the public, raising awareness about the cheating that Republicans do with these current maps and the cheating that they and the Republicans on the state Supreme Court want to do with the next round of maps. So we filmed a commercial about it and we're hoping to raise enough funds to show it in lots of places during a Packers playoff game. And just to let everybody know that's listening on air right now, over the last two days, we raised about 22,000 bucks to do this. And we've already got a little bit in our coffers for the Super PAC. So uh, we're for sure going to air this uh, in the Wausau media market the, on the first Green Bay Packer game on January 22nd or 23rd, whenever it, uh, you know, whenever they program it. But everything above that that we raised, which 
we, we're aiming for 50,000, but it could cost up to 200 for the whole state. We're going to plow into other media markets to hit more uh, viewers to tell uh, people that Republicans cheated them and to remember that when they vote in 2022. So we're really excited about this commercial. We hope we hope people uh, can see it around, all around the state. Yeah, you'll see some familiar faces of, uh, of the good men and women who could make could give us a much more productive legislature shall we say you can go to the facebook page of the monaco brewing company super pack to learn more and to see the ad and to see our shiny happy faces as well each weekend when we do this here podcast thingamajiggy so let's take our first break when we come back mark thompson of the wisconsin elections commission and more about whether folks appreciate just how much more endangered free elections are here in the united states we'll be right back here up north all right so welcome back i'm kirk banks with the monaco brewing company and we play doctor doctor by the thompson twins because believe it or not this is an unbelievable show we have two guests with the last name of thompson uh, uh talking with us today so we have a theme going on through the music so um just to, now, now I've kind of given his last name away, but he's much more important than just a Thompson. He is attorney Mark Thompson of the Wisconsin Elections Commission. That's right, Kirk. Mark is a former chair of the commission who now serves alongside the current chair, Ann Jacobs, who we had the pleasure of speaking with last week. And Mark has just started his own weekly radio show, heard Monday evenings on uh, Monday evenings at 7 on The Shaw, the new radio station in Waukesha. So, Mark, thanks for being here. Look, we know how busy you are with your day job at the law office, your side gig on the Elections Commission, which is not a gig. It's not a small-time commitment at all. So you clearly have things to say that prompted you to also take on a weekly program. What was your motivation to uh, join us here on the airwaves? Well, first of all, i got to say thank you so much. I've been watching and listening to up north for a year so you guys are way ahead of us and i think honestly you know part of it you guys were um, a real motivating factor when me and some some of my fellow commissioners were threatened to go to jail for letting senior citizens vote in the pandemic a year ago uh, i got motivated Right? I got three grandkids and I said, you know, if I don't step up and try to do what I can to save democracy in my state, there's going to be nothing left for my grandkids. And this place is too beautiful not to fight for. So that was the motivating factor, right? I, I've got a granddaughter who lives in Minneapolis. And so I'm drive up north all the time. You know, that's where I go deer hunting up, you know, just north of Eau Claire up in Minong where my wife had her family homestead. And we have together so much to do, so much to do. Well, let, let me ask um, a bit more about the, the radio show itself because you've got these great motivations for doing it. And, I, and thank you for the compliments on what motivates us as well. What is it that you um, hope to talk about most often on your Monday evenings, or or what is it that um, you know you you'd like the audience to to give you feedback on, uh, so that you know you can in fact 
share these values and spread them and, and, and get more folks out there to, to, you know, to give a damn about uh, something that we used to be able to take for granted. What, uh, what else do you want to talk about on those shows? You know what I say? I say this is attorney Mark Thompson, host of the Paul Revere Hour. Tune in on Monday nights at 7, 540 by AM, 101 or 92.7 by FM. We're calling it the Paul Revere Hour because this is the time. Wanna be King Voss is coming. Okay, they're not just coming to try to get the election commission. They're trying to take over our nonpartisan infrastructure for conducting elections. And I just don't think people know about it. Right? No, you know, some it's people not even, say it's not even subtle anymore. Ron Johnson said it as much. They should take over the elections. I mean, I I can't even ask Mark how you react to something so brazen. But it, like, you're you're absolutely right to to you know liken it to Paul Revere. You know, right? So Senator Johnson, who you know himself said that President Trump lost because he didn't get enough Republican votes, right? Uh, but yeah, he does want the legislature to to take over because he doesn't trust the people. Right, the people voted, and President Biden won. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. Dean Knutson, who's a Republican on the Election Commission with me, helped created the Election Commission with Voss. They created this entity, the Wisconsin Election Commission. And Dean Knutson had the audacity to say publicly, Donald Trump lost because he didn't get enough Republican votes. As a result of that truth, right? Voss goes on TV down here in Milwaukee on Sunday night, doubled down and said, Dean Knutson probably committed a felony. And all we did in March of 2020, we sat around and we saw senior citizens who have a, citizens who have a constitutional right to vote. And we knew they were locked down in their nursing homes. And the only way they could get a ballot is if we sent them an absentee ballot early and they got it back in time so they could count. So they could count. And for that, for that, wannabe King Voss wants Dean Knudsen to go to prison. Now, I want to I want to follow up on that, Mark. So I've heard, you know, the the biggest detractors from the for the Wisconsin Election Commission say you know, it was set up by Voss and Knutson because it was destined to fail. They wanted it to fail. They wanted there to be gridlock in the Elections Commission. Yet, in this, you know, and, and you know, we had, you know, our guest Ann Jacobs on last week who said a lot of the political issues, you know, are gridlock. But when it comes to basic kind of fundamentals of elections, you know, we actually agree because we just got to, like, get these things kind of figured out and just be so elections can happen. So to me, you know, WEC is supposed to fail. It's supposed to be, you know, just butting heads all the time. So it makes it harder to vote. But you guys were pretty lockstep about this one, right? The nursing absolutely, home. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was the chair when President Trump won, right? In 2016. Same rules applied statewide that applied in 2020. This time, President Biden won, right? The only, the difference is a small group of people, particularly Voss and his ilk, they cannot handle 
listening to the people. So what I think makes it confusing, though, Voss, I read something, made the comment that there's no chance that Republican legislators are taking over the election. And I saw that as effectively gaslighting based on the pushback that they were getting, that this is a horrible idea. And so rather than say, yep, this was our agenda, this is our idea, telling people, no, 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 don't believe your lying eyes, don't believe your lying ears, that's not really happening. And so what do you say, Mark? How do we get across to people that, no, he's lying to you, this is happening, but it's really confusing for people who aren't living and breathing this stuff. Absolutely, because we're in the weeds, right? And like who the rules, what the meetings happen. So what what wannabe King Voss said was, I'm not gonna adopt Johnson's view that the legislature should just take over the election. And then he said, and I don't think we're gonna even abolish the Wisconsin Elections Commission. But he wants five of the commissioners in prison, and he wants Megan Wolf. Our administrator, nonpartisan, one of the most brilliant women in elections in the country, to resign. That's how they're trying to take it over. And they're overwhelming Megan Wolf with work and her staff with work. I mean, we had a meeting yesterday where if we would have responded to one of the Republican requests, they would have had to shut down for over a week, right? A week. We're going to shut down our servers for a week. That yeah. means. Yeah, no map. But uh, let me say one other thing, though. I think this is really important for people to know. There are six commissioners, but Voss is only saying five should go to jail for letting senior citizens vote. So why not Bob Spindell? I'll tell you why. Bob Spindell was one of those Republican electors, right, that secretly met and secretly went out to D.C. in January 6th right, a year ago, where they were hoping Pre Vice President Pence would walk away from his constitutional duties. Now, his payback for that, no one's calling him a criminal, right? Okay, so was, Mark, I want to I okay, okay. follow up, Mark. So, so we've got Scott Thompson from Law Forward coming on to talk about uh, the fraudulent electors. We got uh, Greg Mandel from Law Forward is going to be interviewed on Joy Reid tonight. Uh, he was interviewed by Rachel Maddow two weeks ago. I mean, this is blowing up, and Wisconsin is the center of this whole thing. Um, they filed a complaint with the Wisconsin Elections Commission uh, a year ago. Law Forward did. Um, I know that the you know it's within the auspices of you guys, but because the Wisconsin Elections Commission is seemingly destined to fail, um, I'd love you be able to shed because it hasn't done anything with this complaint for a year. I'd love to hear something about why it sat on this, these forged Republican uh, signers, this complaint for an entire year, because I didn't even know about this until it was on, uh, until it was on Maddow a couple weeks ago. Well, I'm, I'm going to disappoint you there, Kurt. Okay. Oh! The, the issue is pending. I'm not going to comment on an issue pending, but I'm going to say this. The fact that Bob Spindell was an elector hasn't just been other quiet. I mean, the lawsuits up front right after the elections in 20, I'll, I'll talk about that. I mean, there are footnotes about that they had this slate of electors ready to go. And 
I think what's important for the public is to see how certain Republicans, Voss and Trump, how Voss is using this Gableman, Rouse, right? Kathy Bernier from what? She says it's a charade. But we have to start talking about it with our neighbors in Milwaukee and up north and in between where my mom lives up in Washira County out there, right? And in purple country, right? I mean, in purple country. So oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 I'm following up on, and you're making so many good points. Um, we, you know, we're purple country, but Democrats, progressives have effectively been silenced and the Republicans are, you would think the only ones out there, but how do we get people up north to care? I mean, the, the sentiment as I see it seems to be something along the lines of, yeah, politics is dirty. Republic, you know, all politicians are dirty. Everyone cheats. My team's cheating. So, you know, meh, it's a wash. How do we talk about this in a way that people understand there's so much more to it and we all lose, even if you think it's your side who is doing the winning? You know, I think that's a great, great question. I would start here, right? Fourth of July, we're up in Wachoma on the, at the cabin on the lake. We read the, the Declaration of Independence every 4th of July, right? I'd go to fireworks. All my neighbors up in, right? It's not quite up north, but Milwaukee, it's up north. But we go out and we celebrate the 4th of July and we celebrate the Union flag. We don't celebrate the Confederate flag, right? Are you kidding me, right? right. A year ago, they flew the Confederate flag. Right, Trump's crew, the Voss crew, flew the Confederate flag in our U.S. Capitol. Now, I mean, I don't believe folks up north believe in the Confederacy. I think we believe in democracy, and people just need to start seeing who's acting like a king and a one-party state, and who isn't. Right, yeah. and we just have to. I think. Look, there are more of us than these bullies. You know, look at in Washira County in 2008, nobody was afraid of putting up an Obama sign. People were worried about putting up a Biden sign. Think about it. I yeah. mean, intimidation. Yeah, bullying. It. it is. And it right? is. And it's the only way we stop this bullying stuff, right? When I was in high school, you punched the bully back. Up, yep. You had to stand up and circle them and say, no mas, baby. You right? stand up, and the equivalent <laughs> no of that—the equivalent of that—in the policy arena, in the time we have left here, is making sure we protect not just uh, the elections from the end where you work on it, where all those clerks work on it, but that people can vote in the first place. It's unreal that voting rights bills are still being held up in Congress for lack of a single Republican to defend democracy. Now, one small reason is that you know one of the bills sets more national standards instead of 50 different state standards and tens of thousands of local ones. You're on a state commission, Mark. What gets better if there are national standards? And then how would you and other commission members still ensure that our elections truly reflect the will of Wisconsin voters, but if we get a level playing field coast to coast? You know, my focus has got to be this. I'm on the front lines on this commission that is trying to preserve 
our nonpartisan group of folks that run elections, right? Right. I moved to Wisconsin in 84. My mom was born here, but I didn't get here till 1984. Since then, I would go down and I would vote. And my neighbors would be there and we would all talk and we would vote and we'd go home. And in the morning, we'd say, okay, so-and-so won, so-and-so lost, and we'd just keep on living, right? What's different for the first time is in 2020, some small group of people said that the person that lost really didn't lose. They're the biggest losers ever. And the only way they can do it is to bully us. And I, I don't want to get into the, the, the nuances of, look, we have to protect voting rights. Yeah. It's really important to protect the vote of folks of color. Mm-hmm. This, okay. is a, this is a much bigger question, right? This yeah. is a question of whether you're out there, you know, in your deer stand, Okay. And, Whether and you're going to wake up with a democracy. It, it does. It does. Mark's new radio show, the Paul Revere Hour, is Mondays at 7. Mark, thanks again for joining us. Great to talk to you. Looking forward to visiting again soon. You guys are awesome. Keep All it right. up. We Peace. will be back next. The usurpers who would Peace, have stolen Mark. an election if they could have gotten away with it. We'll be right back. You're up north. You like that? I chose that one for you, Kirk. You did. So that was Pat Kreitlow. We had we got a Thompson twins. It's we have two guests by the name of Thompson. Mark Thompson was our first guest, and now we have Scott Thompson here. So obviously we had to have a musical theme. And King for a Day is the perfect song because we're talking about fraudulent electors here trying to make Trump a king for just about one day. That's so, right. So. Uh, what so do we welcome got, Pat? Back, welcome back to the Upcat North podcast. You might recall that previous conversations with his colleague, Doug Poland, uh, discussed their role in protecting democracy from ongoing efforts at voter suppression, voter subversion, and just flat-out election theft, Sarah. So think of Law Forward as the guys in the white hats. They formed in part after watching a bunch of right-wing lawyers form a group called the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty, and proceed to file all kinds of lawsuits designed to help conservatives rig the electoral system and fight pandemic safeguards. Welcome, Scott. I am glad to be here, everybody. Thanks for having me on. You got it. We're so happy to have you on. I mean, this is this is like this topic is just like engulfed my mind because I just heard about it with Rachel Maddow a couple of weeks ago. I didn't even know it existed, and I can't believe that we haven't done anything about this yet for an entire year. So. Um, so, yeah, so we talked to Ann Jacobs last week. We talked to Mark Jacobs this week. They can't talk about this because they're part of the Wisconsin Elections Commission. And you guys, Law Forward, sent a complaint to the Wisconsin Elections Commission a, almost a year ago, you know, or, you know, suit right around that time. And About also a month away from the year anniversary, a month away from the year anniversary. And you also sent a, a, a complaint to the district attorney of Milwaukee County. Um, saying that these guys had were fraudulent electors, and then it just died. Like, like, like you guys did something about it, but it seemingly just kind of just everybody just forgot about it until Rachel Maddow had Law Forward's kind of uh, head honcho. I think Greg Mandel or is Jeff that his Mandel. name? Jeff Mandel. 
um, and had him on two a couple weeks ago, and and that's the story that I know. And so I want to understand what's going on from a year ago. You know, what? Why have you guys been pressing? I mean, has it been frustrating for you that no that this has just been dropped off the radar screen? Well, let me just start from big picture and kind of respond to your frustration. First of all, I share the frustration. I think at the core of this entire conversation is just a deep feeling of being unsettled. I think there is a lot of new territory that we find ourselves in. Um, Norm shattering is almost its own new norm, which should bother all of us. Um, but I wouldn't go so far as to say, Kirk, that this is dead. It's certainly, I don't think that's the case. So you're right. You framed it the right way. Um, the way things stand right now is that Law Forward, on behalf of others, filed a complaint um, with the Wisconsin Elections Commission concerning this misconduct. That has been pending for about the same amount of time as a letter with uh, the DA's office in Milwaukee County with John Chisholm. And I'll talk about both of those things in turn. First, the WEC. Obviously, they have a lot on their plate at seemingly every single turn. Um, now, a very curious moment at a meeting, and I believe it was it was November or either or late October, um, where one of the members of the WEC, who is one of the individuals who submitted this uh, independent, uh, is perhaps the politest way to say it, uh, spade Say forged, say forged. His name is Bob Spindell. And so he sits on the Elections Commission. And before the Elections Commission went into um, closed session, he made a bunch of peculiar comments that suggested that the Elections Commission had been considering it or were at least addressing this tangential issue about whether he can sit as a adjudicator of his of a complaint against him so that that conversation was was sort of let out by his own comments so we know there is something going on but the truth is that we don't know exactly where it stands but you know at least based on those comments it, it appears that something is happening and that's where that stands now. now now as to the da as to john chisholm in milwaukee you're right we did send a letter about a year ago um however i, I would not say that that matter is dead um, in general, any criminal process takes time. And certainly when you're talking about any type of criminal action involving this like core public integrity question, they have a lot of due diligence to do. Um, and you can imagine that we're talking about conduct that, you know, I don't think any of us could probably have imagined 10 years ago. And, and I think that prosecutors around the state deserve a little bit of leeway in really considering these charges and making sure, for example, that you dot all the legal I's and T's before you do anything. And so we have um, confidence that they're considering it and, and looking into it. You're right that there is no action to speak of yet. And you know, I think especially with these core democracy issues, a lot of us feel like we want stuff to happen. Um, but, you know, I'm a lawyer. Sarah, I know you're a lawyer, too. And we can be the annoying people in the room that sometimes tell people to slow down. Uh, and I don't <laughs> like doing that. Um, but I at least want it to give them the space to do what they need to do. I think that's probably just if we're doing our best, we have to give them the opportunity. I, to do their I get best. that. I get that. And I'm not I'm not believe me, I'm not knocking on the lawyers in this case, but uh, just the overall condition is living up to the adage, you know, 
the a lie can be halfway around the world while the truth is still tying its shoes you know because we're being very meticulous about making the case to why what some what the facts are meanwhile the big lie just kind of speak you know keeps spinning round and round and so for folks who need a little historical perspective what we're talking about is that on a day in december of 2020 when the actual electors were meeting in the state capitol uh, 10 republican fake electors signed their names to fraudulent documents alleging that Donald Trump had won more votes in Wisconsin when he had not. Now, it would be one thing if this was just a dog and pony show, which, frankly, a lot of people thought it was. They just got in a room there. They were to placate Trump, blah, blah, blah. Turns out they signed papers. In uh, Wisconsin's case, they affixed the Republican Party seal to it. In Iowa's case, they affixed the state seal to it because it wasn't just Wisconsin. It was several other states. And they sent very similar paperwork to the National Archives and to Congress with the expectation, it appears, that they would be the electors chosen by Vice President Mike Pence in a dastardly deed to basically overthrow the government. And so now we're learning that this has happened in, in other states as well. So that's the some of the background on it. But I, I, I have to ask this basic question uh, of you, Scott. And sure. I, I understand filing it with the Milwaukee County DA. Um, but I'm, I'm curious why it wasn't filed in Dane County, you know, essentially the scene of the crime and the state capitol. Do you, can you shed any light on why it's there and whether it rises to like more of a state attorney general Josh Call matter instead? You know, I, I think that's a really good question. I think the broader answer is that it certainly could um, be considered by other places. I mean, um, we originally went... Um, to Chisholm's office, frankly, before I was with Law Forward. And I can't exactly speak to why it went to him, but certainly depending on where specific actions happen, certainly some uh, we know happened at the Capitol in Madison. Um, and I, I think that, you know, there, there is an argument out there that there could be other places um, that could ultimately consider charges. It's just sort of the first place where the question was asked. And now to your other your other point though about the other states hearing about it everywhere, you know, I just want to say that from from the broader perspective, it's important to consider this as all one thing. You know, I don't want people to make the mistake to think that oh, this just happened in Wisconsin. There's some goofballs doing some things here and there. That is not true. There are consistent attempts to chip away at democracy that are happening everywhere. It seems, and ultimately, that's what this needs to be about. It needs to be about accountability. And that's why we are doing what we can to sort of force the issue. I recognize that there's some tension between how quick that can happen, but but that's what we're trying to do. And All right. That's what so, Kirk, Kirk, you wanted to get at the accountability yeah. measure, didn't you? Yeah. So, I mean, so this is slowly unfolding, it seems like to me. Um, you know, I'm just like your average guy that watches the news and is very concerned about our democracy and what we're hearing, Michigan, had a same, you know, Michigan, Iowa, Arizona. Um, who knows how many more might might come out that had this exact plot? Um, I want to know, like, you know, first of all, I want to put a plea in for anybody listening right now who goes to a Josh Call fundraiser, <laughs> ask him to take this up because I really do think the Attorney General of the state of Wisconsin should be working on this, and it shouldn't be a, a district attorney in a, in a single state. So that's my own opinion. But secondly, like. What what should be done with these people who forge documents? I mean, this seems like treason. And uh, but, but, like but Kirk, treason. Okay. Kirk, 
treason's one thing. At the very least, it's forgery Fraud. from the people who keep talking about forged Fraud. ballots and you know assisting nursing home residents on ballots. This is you know fraud writ large. So if, if we'll put the pin back in the grenade for a moment and not call it treason necessarily, <laughs> Scott, what, what, mean, kinds of, what kinds of things might we expect I, in any, in the most extreme scenario in terms of accountability for this action? Well, so I think there's a, there's a bunch of things. I mean, you know, there's forgery of documents, potentially impersonating public officers, potentially conspiracy working together to do all of this. There's a lot of options, frankly. Um, I, I don't historically practice criminal law, and it's not something that I'm traditionally accustomed to talking about. But what I can say is that there are a lot of potential things that could happen. I mean, this type of conduct um, certainly hits on, on a bunch of different things that, you know, our criminal law says requires some level of accountability. Um, and I think, I think it's just worth remembering that there's the conduct, there's a lot of things involved that could come out of this. There's a lot of criminal potential uh, accountability that could be there, but but that's a decision that a DA or someone in that capacity has to make. Well, Scott, I think you hit on something really important, which is not having people be under the mistaken impression that this is just isolated events. And so as an LA transplant here in Western Wisconsin, it seems goofy and unfathomable that something like this would happen. Uh, as someone who practices law in Western Wisconsin, I'll call it gaslighting because I don't have a better word for it, but this sort of making up reality or inserting your own, it flies in certain pockets here, whether it's our justice system, whether it's um, our politics. I mean, there are little examples of that that we could get into if we had you know, a week to talk about it here, um, but I, you know, just letting people know how serious this is, that this was a conspiracy and a coordinated effort, and it wasn't that far off from working. So we are fragile, um, but what would you say to people up north or maybe people in the cities, Milwaukee and Madison of, you know, let's take this seriously because there are places where this kind of thing flies and it works. So to be absolutely clear, I would say to everybody, take this seriously. Uh, there is a very famous uh, New York political scientist who says democracy is a system in which parties lose elections. And I think yeah. that's really important to remember because we are living in a world now where one party is trying to make it such that they never lose elections, whether it's, you know, staying on various boards for longer than they're appointed to or trying to ultimately just change the outcome. They are truly working towards a shift from a democracy to something completely different. So yes, Terry, you're right. Take this seriously. All right. And you are, we're not just uh, you and Law Forward are working on so many other fronts. There's the whole redistricting gerrymandered maps matter that you're not working on personally, but we've, like I said, we've talked to, to Doug Poland and others, and that's going to be argued before the state Supreme Court one week from today, Wednesday. It'll be uh, argued on the 19th. You, however, are working with Law Forward on, on other matters like a Waukesha County case involving efforts to get rid of those those pesky drop boxes that help people vote and you know the the mind the um the what's what's the word i'm looking for the good samaritan action of, of actually ballot helping, well see the ballot harvesting is what they want to call it but what, right. what do you call it like helping your neighbor yeah being a friend being i don't a know friend you're, yeah you're tell right. us about that case and what you're doing 
So um, again, this is just one more attempt to sort of shift the boundaries on you know, how we can vote, where we can vote, and to narrow them to such an extent to make just access to democracy, I think, more difficult. Now, in general, you know, there are rules on lawyers and commenting on pending cases and stuff like that. But I, I can say in general that the law in Wisconsin is pretty clear um, that people can return their drop boxes to the municipal clerks and the municipal clerks are afforded a lot of leeway and really how they set up that system. Drop boxes are a safe, effective, and really easy way to make sure that people can vote. And I think that's really the important thing here is just making sure that that access to the ballot box is something that we're not eroding. And really that that's the important thing that's that's at issue here in Waukesha County. Well, it's important to have that that kind of leeway, especially with a state elections commission, because one of the points that uh, I, I've heard a few times is that drop boxes are not specifically enumerated in in like in state law or in something along those lines. Is it, that's kind of the argument, right? I mean, more or less, yes. So, um, I. I I don't want to dive too deep into the nuances. I'll tell you, yeah, you don't have to dive into I'll, I'll that, make but... my point instead is, is to say, maybe they're not. But, you know, in people who are strict constructionists on, like, the Constitution, I'd like to point out airplanes were not mentioned in the Constitution. That does not make them illegal. You know, it doesn't mean we can't have an Air Force. And, and now you see, Scott, why I'm not an attorney, but I try to make the best arguments that I can here. So, no, but you're, you're generally right. It's about the law provides a broad range of ways that you can return ballots. Ballot boxes are certainly one of the ways that you know, the law provides that you can do that. It, it's been going on in Wisconsin for quite some time and it, and it should continue. And you can't change it just because you, you you didn't like the results. That's not what we're about in this state. Scott Thompson of Law Forward, good luck with that case. Thanks for filling us in on, on all the others. We really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for taking time with us. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll be back to wrap up the show right after this. You're up north. Welcome back to the cabin. Gosh darn it, Kirk. I was there's no crying in baseball, so I wasn't worried about it. But yeah, okay. We we, we went chasing for to one on more Thompson ball. song and we found that one from Teddy Thompson. So uh, we didn't well, mean to put we put the ball on the tee for you. <laughs> so a little bit of um personal news and you know the the triumphs and the tragedies are kind of what um are bigger than any sort of partisan political issue and it sort of brings us back to what's important. Um, but I recently lost my grandfather, um, who was, you know, your man's man, guy's guy, uh, quite a legacy. He was a Naval veteran, um, married for 69 years. He was 91. Um, we couldn't have asked for any more, but I thought I would share a fun story. Um, so he fought in the Korean War uh, and was working uh, for safeguards for nukes uh, by the time the, the Vietnam War rolled around. So his buddy smuggled home Boku, who was Boku. Boku is his Vietnamese dog. So his buddy puts Boku in the bottom of his garment bag for the flight to military planes. Once he gets to the tarmac, he lets Boku go, run around the tarmac. He goes through customs. He goes around the fence, calls Boku. Boku comes running, and now he has his dog. So Boku <laughs> and my dad's dog, Buffy, 
were very good friends throughout my father's childhood. So that was among the stories that we shared uh, when we were reminiscing about Grandpa, who we will miss dearly. Aww. You know, we, we were uh, chatting before the show and saying that, um, you know, especially for, I, I'm very pro-grandpa stories, being a, a grandpa myself now, and li like Mark Thompson, uh, have three grandchildren, three grandsons, with a granddaughter on the way, I hasten to add. And, but, you know, the, didn't really have involved grandpas in my life. And so to hear that, uh, Sarah, just, I, I can't hear that enough about, you know, what, uh, what what he what what he means to you that you want to tell those kinds of stories and I, I'm sure he was always a, a hoot to visit with. Absolutely. Well, I wanted to chime in and um, talk about uh, when I when we were talking about your grand grandfather, Sarah. I was saying, well, maybe we should talk about how you know why are we fighting? Why are we why are we doing what we're doing right now? Why are we on this podcast every day? Did our grandparents influence us? And absolutely, mine did. I mean, mine was a barber he lived he lived in minnesota in some small town he was norway is one generation away from being from norway and the guy lived a simple life he, he was what we would call completely the working class uh working class norwegian immigrant and and he would be one of the guys that'd be being left behind right now and so that's that's my family and uh you know i that's why you know i can't let all these Wisconsinites, the ones that like work for me at the brew pub, single mothers who could barely get by because we have no safeguards for them uh, in this state and in this country. And, and everything has been chipped away, chipped away, chipped away from the working class. I was like, that's that's my family. That's my heritage. And, and we're letting these people suffer. So and my grandfather really influences my fight. For I think and I think that. I don't know what has happened uh, to the reverence folks used to have, not just for their grandparents, for being their grandparents, but for what they endured back when they were our age, which, you know, in, in the case of my, you know, grandparents, I mean, they, they were, uh, you know, born in 1912 and they'd come through a depression and they'd come through a world war. Um, and those kinds of things bring a country together. Uh, and, and then uh, at war's end, uh, helped build a, a tremendous society based on that notion of community, based on that notion of shared sacrifice. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've said something to the effect of when I listen to some people talk about wanting to exclude immigrants or the way they dump on the poor or whatever. I've always wanted to say like, if your grandparents or great grandparents could hear you right now, they would smack you because that's the kind, <laughs> those are the things that they faced. You know, and now it's not that they're, you know, they're Mexicans the way that or, or from China, the way that folks like Tom Tiffany can't talk enough about. But it was the Irish or it was the Italians or whatever the case may be. And if folks would spend a little bit more time remembering what it was that their grandparents or or their grandparents, grandparents had to go through to start this, to literally start this country, to literally start this society, uh, they might tone down the rhetoric a bit and have that same love for America that they had, uh, which is what got us to where we are here in, in a much better place. So uh, with that, it's time for us to go. Thank you, Sarah, so much. Thank you, Kirk. Uh, thanks to our guest, uh, Scott Thompson and Mark Thompson, uh, but not the Thompson twins. We thank you for joining us at the cabin. Come on back next week up north.